0: Welcome, book lovers and bibliophiles. Join us now for a journey through the secret short box. Hey, everybody. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to Cover B.
1: This is Cover B, and this is, this is fun. This is our first like solo episode of... The secret, short, short, secret box. short box segment that we did, yes, a long, long time ago when we were still doing like when every episode had like three chunks, you know, and
0: they were really long.
1: And then <laughs> our comic, comic pull got bigger and bigger, and we kept being like, How do we fit this in a three chunk episode? So then we ended up just dividing everything. So, anyway, it was too
0: much. I want to apologize that we are a day late. Yep, we are a day late because I am work from home right now, but. The world has exploded and my particular job has exploded. And so now I'm doing like 12 hour work days. Yep. So (laughs) yesterday when I finished working at three o'clock in the morning, I looked at Chris and I was like, no, no, Mm -mm. nope, not going to happen. I don't want to. I can't. It's not in me. It's already Thursday anyway. Let's just do Thursday instead. Let's
1: just do a Thursday episode. So Call it a day.
0: It is Thursday, and here we are, and I am running on fumes, so let's do <laughs> this thing.
1: So for those who don't remember, Secret Short Box is effectively we uh, kind of flex our, we have English degrees muscles. Not really. We're not smarter than anybody else. No. Um, but we <laughs> take a look at authors and writers and creators Um, And we say, you know, hey, if in their like office or wherever it was that they wrote all these wonderful stories, if they were to have like a hidden away secret short box of comics. Yep. What would be in there? Um, So we kind of just take a look at comics that, you know, people who might be interested in these said authors might also be interested in um, or based on the themes and stuff of, you know, those people's stories. Um, what sort of books kind of fall in line with those? So absolutely. So, T, you want to kick it off?
0: Yes. So, mine all technically have a bit of a theme.
1: Well, to you, them. you guys say what?
0: Oh, author yeah. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Our author is Jane Austen. We wanted to Ooh. do
1: someone big since it's the first like secret short box that stands on its own. So yes.
0: Um, and it's actually pretty timely. Um, because a movie adaptation of my favorite Jane Austen novel just recently either came out or is coming out or got put on hold because of the plague or whatever. I'm not sure, but Emma. Mm -hmm. um, And actually, when I was making my list of um, (sighs) titles I thought would be appropriate for this episode, almost everything that I came up with directly ties in some way to Emma. It's my favorite book. Yeah, it's it's what I think of when I think Jane Austen and I think Emma. Yeah. Um I know a lot of people disagree with me. There's Pride and Prejudice, there's Sense and Sensibility, but and a lot I feel like a lot of people don't get the book Emma. Um so that's why I wanted to kind of propel it forward and um so all of my titles kind of relate to it in some way or, or another. Um so my first suggestion is Snot Girl. It's an image title. Um, mm-hmm basically quick quick summary is just a girl who's like a social media influencer and her life and her drama um the reason i picked this one is because it leans super heavily into social commentary it's very self-aware it's very meta and it's incredibly tongue-in-cheek and to me emma is the same way Mm -hmm. it has social commentary it talks about you know Social class and the way people behave, and all of these things. And to me, it very much ties in because Emma is also everything that happens should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. And that's kind of how Snot Girl is. I, I've been reading it since the beginning. It's actually on a hiatus right now, which bums me out a lot because they came out with their new issue most recently, and it was like, ha ha new issue and then the last page of the book was haha, we have a new issue out and now we're going on hiatus suck it and i was like oh <laughs> now i'm really sad
1: oh darn
0: so i have no idea when snack girls coming back but i know it's out in trade um the individual issues are great as well it's filled with just the most bizarre everything like it Sometimes it's hard to follow because it almost has, like, fantastic realism to it. Where, mm-hmm. like, things happen and you're like, are we going to talk about that?
1: Yes. Anyone going to mention that yeah. that just happened?
0: Like, it's this, like, super drama-heavy, silly YA book. And then, oh, and also murder. <laughs> and you're like, what?
1: And since there was a murder. Oh, and
0: this girl's not dead. Um. But we saw her dead, but now she ain't dead. It's it's great bit.
1: Check yeah. it out. Cool.
0: Um next on my list, I wanted to pull in from the Marvel side of things. I try to keep things diverse. I wanna I wanna provide lots of options for people who have lots of feelings. Um <laughs> so from the Marvel side of things, I wanted to do aka Patsy Klein Hellcat. Um mm-hmm. it's a recent run, um, a couple different trades. It went on for like 16, 17 issues. Great book. And this one, to me, related to Emma because there's lots of humor, lots of female camaraderie, Mm -hmm. lots of, you know, building your family, building your community. And I feel like that beautifully tied in. Um, It very much has that Jane Austen feel where that lead character can't necessarily get it together or one of the characters can't get it together and you're rooting for them, but at some point you're like, really, can't you just figure it out?
1: <laughs> that feels like every
0: Jan Austen book. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much Patsy Walker. That's that's her. That's what she do. Um, but it's a great read. Great book. Um, that's definitely one of my suggestions. Nice. My last proper comic book suggestion um, is the recent Kelly Thompson run of Nancy Drew. Um, And the reason for that is because it super duper doubles down on the girl sticking their nose into what she shouldn't trope. (laughs) Um, If you think about Emma, if you think about Pride and Prejudice, it's all about these women who are effectively bored because society doesn't let them do anything. And so they're like, well, I'm going to stir up trouble and drama, especially Emma. Emma's like, I'm bored. I'm going to go set people up and make it a pain in the butt and go ruin people's lives. Yeah. And Nancy's kind of the same way. You know, that's always been the Nancy Drew MO is, you know, I'm not police. I'm not an actual detective. I'm not really supposed to be sticking my nose into criminal activity and murder mysteries and all of these horrible things. But you know what? I can. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna. Yeah. And that's what Nancy Drew does. And also in this one, you know, they bring back her compatriots and there's Hardy Boys and there's cool stuff and there's weird speculative things. And it's been said that Kelly wants to go back and continue it because it kind of ended on, like, a very cliffhangery note. note, um, the mm-hmm. most recent run. I think Kelly just got a little overwhelmed with all of the uh, um, immense things that she's doing right now. I mean, she started Nancy Drew before she was on Captain Marvel, before she was on Black Widow, before she was on Deadpool, like woman is running half a Marvel right now. <laughs> so methinks she just don't have time, but that's fine. Um, I think she'll go back to it at some point. It's an awesome title. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's set in the modern age, which is a neat twist for Nancy Drew, because typically Nancy Drew is more set in the time when it was originally written. Um, so, to bring it into modern times where they've got cell phones and, you know, social media and... You know, they don't go look at lithographs in the library. They go Google stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that it's just cool. It's a, it's a nice transition into the modern age. So that would be my other book suggestion. Nice. My last suggestion is not a comic book, but I like to be diverse when I make recommendations because some people, you know, maybe they're big Jane Austen fans, but they don't necessarily know what it's like to go into a comic book shop, aren't necessarily comfortable diving into comics head first. Maybe they're just trying to get their feet wet. That's one of the biggest reasons why I like doing The Secret Short Box is because I feel like it provides avenues for people who are not necessarily typically comic book readers, but mm-hmm. are interested in the genre and the, the style and the art and want to kind of see what would be appropriate for them. So, one that I really wanted to suggest was a webcomic that is hilarious called Hark of Agron. And it kind of leans into um, a lot of that, like, Victorian era, Elizabethan era, um, you know, that sort of time period. Um, she plays around with the Bronte sisters. She plays around with, like, Frankenstein and the Shelleys. And. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. it kind of fits that. And it's very if you're a you know, if you're a Jane Austen fan, you often have read, you know, Wuthering Heights or or Frankenstein or some of these other period esque pieces of that time. And so I feel like there's a lot to get from this webcomic mm. that's very much making fun or very tongue in cheek or or homage with humor and sarcasm. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people who are into Jane Austen would very much appreciate it.
1: I so I love Hark of Agron And I was super pissed that you picked Hark of Vagrant. <laughs> when I got on the Trello and I was like, let's see what choices she picked for Jane Austen. I was like, damn, that's smart. Um I, I love Harka Vagrant. One of it's my favorite so random one of my favorite Harka Vagrants is what's the like the Russell Crowe character from Valjean. Yeah. No. No. Um, oh, um, Valjean is the yeah, not
0: Jean Valjean, the 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 guy against. Me. Dang it! Now I have to look it up because my brain is blank. Javier
1: or something. Like Javier. Javier. Yeah. I. Um, I'm
0: okay. In my defense, I have not gotten a little sleep. Okay. No, week. it's fine.
1: Um. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, it's him. But if he was in Rent. <laughs> And I just love it. It's it's super funny. It's like a three panel comic and he's like just standing in this bar and he's like, you must pay the rent. And they're all like dancing around like rent, 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 rent. (laughs) And then it's just him outside and he's like, burn it to the ground. (laughs) It's just good. I love that shit. I love I have a Hark of Vagrant T-shirt. I need to get a new one because my T-shirt's old. And so it's like I have
0: one too. And I've had it too long and it no longer fits. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm I'm too big for my Harkovagrant shirt, so when you get one, buy me one too. But yeah,
1: that's a that's a solid choice. Harkovagrant is a very very good choice. It's for this. super.
0: It's just fun. It's funny. It mixes genres, and I feel like it plays with you know, like enough um, genres and titles and artists and and writers that it kind of hits on lots of different things that people often. If you like one, you like the other. You know, if you like. Jane Austen and Emily Bronte, you're likely maybe into musicals and maybe you're into Les Mis and maybe you're into rent. And so it just sort of Mm -hmm. like, it pushes all these interesting pop culture things that often have a connecting string and pushes them together and just makes it funny and witty and clever and sarcastic. And it's just, it's a, it's great. And she's
1: got like great comedic timing. Oh yeah. I forget her name. Uh, the woman who runs, hark of vagrant but she her comedic delivery of things is just grand like it's fantastic it's it's super good oh, um yeah. and i think that's one thing you know going into this that's one thing that i wanted to get across is a lot of people don't understand how funny jane austen is
0: yes um Thank because
1: you. it's you know its humor is rooted in the time it was written Right. Um, But she's dry and sarcastic and really funny. And when you like really dive into Jane Austen novels, because a lot of people read Jane Austen, they're forced to in like high school or college. And they kind of just blow through it because it's, you know, old school flowery language. It's very Victorian. Romance. Yeah, it's very romance focused and coming of age focused. And so it, it feels like it's this flowery, thick padded thing. Um, But in reality, it's really, really funny. And if you actually like break down and sit down and read it, you can if you read enough of it, too, you kind of get used to what the tones are. Right. Um, And you just you actually get her delivery is like just very dry. Yeah. Um, And so I wanted going into this, I wanted to make sure that like. I stuck to a lot of things that were similar in tone and were yeah. also funny. No, that's But I also call. wanted to break it into like three aspects of like common themes in Jane Austen works. Um, so the first theme I'm going to look at is that she tends to write about very strong minded women going through otherwise kind of mundane parts of life.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's it's, a good point. it's about
1: how somebody with a lot of drive and a lot of imagination and a lot of, you know, self-identity um, approaches things like, you know, coming of age and being expected to marry or like pursuing an education or pursuing an art, like how these people do these otherwise kind of things that are expected of them, um, but do them in a badass way. Uh, and the first two I'm going to talk about, I've never actually read. I've interacted with a lot of people that have read them um, and I've seen their comics and I know their comics are critically acclaimed. Honestly, when I got back into books um, a few years back uh, and was really just kind of getting into any books, both of these, I think, were kind of really already quite far in. Okay. And to this day, they're they're very far in. I know that one of them has been going on since 2014 the other oh, wow. one has been going on technically since 2011
0: wow uh, that's but a long running in, book
1: in print since 2015 so um, but the first one I want to talk about is Lumberjanes
0: oh good pick um, yeah not just
1: because it has Jane in the name
0: <laughs> but that
1: helps I realized after <laughs> I picked this I was like everyone's gonna be like you just picked it because it's got Jane in it yes um <laughs> But for those who don't know Lumberjanes, Lumberjanes focuses on a group of uh, female protagonists uh, of varying, you know, uh, creeds and backgrounds and sexual identities um, that go to a summer camp for hardcore lady types. That's literally what the summer camp is called. Now, bear with me here, but the name of the summer camp is awesome. It is Miss Quinzella Thisquin- Pinnaquiqui Thistle Crumpets Camp for Hardcore Lady Types.
0: I want to go to that camp. Am I too old to go to summer camp?
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) And yeah, basically it just focuses on these girls uh, solving mysteries around the camp, sometimes supernatural events, but mainly just living life at summer camp and talking about life in teenage years and what comes after summer camp and... Seeking getting scout badges and doing camp activities and stuff like that. And it, the whole thing is scoped in a comedic way. So it's very comedically written and lighthearted and fun. Um, it doesn't try to be too dark or like over the top or anything like that. It just is what it is and is funny in its own right. Um, it was created a quick shout out to the creators. It was created by Grace Ellis and Shannon Waters over the years since it's been going on for quite a while, it's had a lot of different writers and a lot of different artists. So I don't want to call out each and every one, but um, I feel like Jane Austen, Jane Austen fans would really dig this book because it's done in a comedic tone and it ultimately just focuses on teenage girls Being awesome. trying to be awesome. That's you know awesome. what I mean? <laughs> um, second one I wanted to talk about was giant days. Um, now this is actually technically a, uh it was re- originally created as a webcomic spin-off. Oh. Um to a series called Scary Go Round, uh written by John Allison. Okay. Um and this one was a webcomic originally in 2011 that became a print comic um from 2015-2019. to So it's got quite a few issues, I think like 54 issues and a handful of specials. Um and yeah, it it basically just focuses on a character from Scary Go Round named Esther De Groot
0: That's a great name.
1: Yeah, right. As she goes to college at oh, the okay. University of Sheffield. And there's, like, various other story arcs that happen, sometimes supernatural things and mysterious things. Uh, but for the most part, most of the story focuses around just this girl kind of getting used to college. And she's a very... She's a goth kind of girl, but she's very, like, dry and sarcastic, and she doesn't fully, like... See society and the world around her in the ways that other she doesn't hold things important that other people do. Going back to Emma, that's a big part of Emma,
0: <laughs> and, and Elizabeth Benton from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, uh,
1: that's a big part in general of Jane Austen's novels because it's a big part of who Jane Austen was. She didn't buy in. She all of the stuff. her society had rules and regulations and things that were laid out and things that were set aside, and a lot of her characters didn't see those as important. They didn't buy into didn't the hype put value in the same places as everybody else. Um, And so this character in and of herself is a very Austinian character um, because she's going, she's being thrust into this world where there's already rules and regulations kind of laid out and she's expected to do the songs and dances. And she kind of finds as time goes by, which songs and dances work um, and then makes her own. And I think that's a big part of it. It's also a comedic book. Um, It's apparently very funny. Uh, I had a friend who got every issue and loves it. Absolutely loves it. So it's worth checking out. Giant days is that one created and written by John Allison. Um, The last one in this vein that I wanted to talk about is actually a graphic novel. It's one of the earliest kind of like true to form graphic novels, like kind of underground artists, serialized kind of graphic novels that I ever read. I actually read it for a class in college. Uh, It's Ghost World by Daniel Klaus.
0: Oh, great book.
1: Um, And this one just if you could pinpoint modern representation of Austinian female characters, which is like dry and kind of like not so much judgmental, just as, you know, not afraid to put society under a microscope and talk about like the flaws of like especially things related to like culture and pop culture and a little
0: bit flippant
1: yeah and (laughs) our connections to each other not so much like a socio-political you know you know Jane Austen is never like let's talk the monarchy um but you know the the little things in life how
0: people interact with um, each
1: other as a young woman here's how I feel about these things in life uh The girls from Ghost World are that. Yep, 100%. (laughs) It's literally, it's two girls who recently graduated high school. It's Enid and Becky. Um, And effectively, they just roll around their town and talk about pop culture and slam pop culture and talk about like. Their families and the people they know, and
0: and it directly ties back into what you are talking about. How it's usually these very like opinionated, strong personality women, just living life, doing normal stuff, and that's one hundred percent what the ghost world girls are doing. They just are doing normal daily crap, mm-hmm. going to the video store, and, yep.
1: like, and uh, yeah, out. and. Daniel Klaus did a good job in this. I think it was written in 1997, I believe. But it's uh okay, it was written between 1993 and 1997, but um if you ever want kind of just an introspective look of being a teen in the 90s, this is a good book to get. Oh, absolutely. Uh as well. Like Klaus did a really good job of just encapsulating that kind of like teen angst Pinpointing of the 90s. That vibe, yeah. Um And then just in general, kind of like pointing out the flaws of 90s pop culture and like (laughs) ongoing ongoing pop culture and a lot of stuff that we can relate to, like cult of celebrity and the rise of technology and et cetera, et cetera. So um, really cool book. And I definitely think it would be right up in that secret short box. Oh, definitely. Um, The next trend I wanted to move on to was that she focuses on unorthodox approaches to relationships in a world that expects the orthodox. Oh yeah. Um, Call
0: out Mr. Darcy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) She, a lot of her actual romances are two people coming to terms with what they actually want out of a relationship versus what the world has told them a relationship is. And I think that's super relatable. I've always thought that's one of the most relatable takeaways from Jane Austen is that, relationships are what you make them, not what other people tell you they're supposed to be. Yeah. And that's huge in pretty much all of her books is even if it's not the main character's focus, there will be side characters where you hear whispers of how they act with one another, or you see them and the main character expects them to be one way, but they're a different way around each other and for better or worse, depending on the situation. But um, there's always this kind of overhanging, one of the big things of Jane Austen novels is expectation. It's like what the world around you expects from you. Right. And that applies doubly to relationships. And she comments on a lot of that. And yeah, Mr. Darcy is a great example of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So two books, Um, I shouldn't have to go too much detail into these because they're both very popular, but first one is sex criminals Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Woo, chip. Um, <laughs> Do I think Jane Austen would read sex criminals, you might be asking me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fricking yes. Uh, I, you know, like, this whole concept of secret short box is born out of the absurd notion that modern comics would somehow make their way to these older authors and do i think jane austen would have a book about two people who uh get it on (laughs) and thus freeze time and then use that newfound ability to commit crimes yes it's (laughs) it's raunchy uh it's gratuitous at times it's brash and it knows it's brash it's absurd and breaks the fourth wall Um, And honestly, whether in the sensibilities of her time or if she were to come to the future and adopt our sensibilities, I think she'd love it. I think she'd find it hilarious. And it does focus intently on relationships. At its core, this book is about two people trying to make a relationship work comparative to all these other things around them. All these concepts of sex, all these concepts of bonding and coupling uh what they want compared to what the world around them tells them they should expect yeah um and that's perfect and then the second one uh is the book that needs no introduction saga oh yeah saga at its core is a romeo and juliet story it's about two people from different backgrounds who find love regardless but as it goes deeper into the actual aforementioned saga it becomes more about two people they kind of shirk off, you know, I mean, the whole like war between their people still is a backdrop to the whole thing. But they kind of shirk off like them being two people from different cultures. And it just becomes two people with different wants and needs. And how do they work together in this universe that's literally decided for them? Um And it's it's big. It's huge.
0: Be fully prepared when we do future secret short boxes. It's entirely likely that Saga is going to come up repetitively because it's such an excellent avenue for people who aren't typically comic book readers to get into
1: comics it's a universally readable book yes it honestly i would tell you the only reason you shouldn't read saga is if you have an aversion to gore or nudity yeah if you don't like well we'll say gore language nudity if you don't like r-rated things Uh, If you don't like
0: stay on the PG side of life,
1: if you don't like seeing sex, if you don't like seeing naked bodies, if you don't like seeing gore, uh, then avoid. Right. That's the only reason I would say avoid. If you don't have a problem with any of those things and you have yet to read saga, you need to read saga. Yeah. I'm actually behind on saga. Uh, I haven't caught fully up. I'm only like halfway through, Uh, but it is one of the best books. Brian K Vaughn and Fiona Staples have created literally something that's going to define in history this generation of comics. Oh yeah. Um and so yeah, Saga will probably be
0: on. They'll be on all of them just because it's it's that it's just a perfect gateway for non-comic readers mm-hmm. to become comic readers.
1: And then the last thing of the three that I wanted to cover is just that Jane Austen was a badass. Hell yeah. And I think she'd love to read Red Sonia. <laughs>
0: A woman who gallivants in, you know, amongst monsters and demons, is better than all the men, strikes fear in the hearts of men, and never feels the need to settle down with a man.
1: Yep.
0: Hell yeah. And I don't
1: know if it's just because (laughs) I think it's hilarious, the image of Jane Austen with a Red Sonya book in her hand. It's or all the stuff you thing. just said, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's my new yeah, favorite thing. I, I, think, she'd I, I, th- I think she dig Red Soni. I think in her Secret Show, and that would be the one where like somebody's like rifling through it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, those are my um my cereals." And someone gets the Red Sonia and pulls one out, and she's like, "Oh, don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's my cousin's." <laughs> uh,
1: that's my, yeah, I don't oh, know how that got Holding there. that for a friend. So anyway, those are my <laughs> picks. For Jane Austen's secret short book.
0: Awesome. And obviously there are other titles we didn't cover. Like Paper Girls would be a great one to bring up during this time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a handful of other books that would be great. But these are definitely some of the top listings that are, are a good option for you to consider if you're a big Jane Austen fan. We are both big Jane Austen fans. I I think each of us have read her entire, um, like, Oeuvre. M- yeah her entire novel listing and including the like short ones and I I think we've read everything she's ever she mm-hmm. ever wrote so um
1: yeah she had her like juvenile stories yeah, or whatever we're, like love and friendship and stuff.
0: W- we're particularly qualified to give this advice <laughs> yep. so well thank you so much for hanging out with us today if you want more cover B you can find us on our website coverbepodcast.com we also are on social media it has been a little quiet lately because that whole not sleeping thing Um, (laughs) I'm working on it I promise Um, but you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Coverbee Podcast we post news and interesting articles and blogs from Coverbee's own Chris and all sorts of things Um, so definitely come and find us there we also do regular Twitch streaming with our friends over in the Tink Tink Games crew so you can find us on Twitch and yeah, we'll have another episode out for you next week. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be, and I'm assuming it's going to be on Wednesday, but if next week's anything like this week, I don't know.
1: I think we might shoot for a powered gaming yeah, next week. Yeah, that would week. be good. I really want to get a powered gaming. I want to play Marvel Champions, oh, and sweet. I want to get yeah, a, be a good powered be a good gaming game. out for that because I've heard it's really good. Excellent. So. so
0: hopefully we'll have that out to you in a timely fashion next week. And until then, thanks for hanging out.
1: Oh. We'll catch you on that flippity dip. That's my new phrase. Is it? I'm The flippity dip. Yeah.
0: What are you dip flipping?
1: I don't know. It's just, it's like catchy on the flip side, but it's cooler.
0: Is it cooler?
1: We'll see you when the stars say goodbye. What about that one? I thought that one felt really heroic.
0: Until next time. On the next episode.
1: Of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye guys. <laughs>